0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Creativity Sucks, a podcast from Creative Review Magazine, which looks at the joys and challenges of working in the ad and design industries. In this episode, we're gonna journey to the heart of where these two worlds cross over by examining the rise of design studios within ad agencies. While this may seem a pretty niche development to those not familiar with the intricacies of advertising and design, it's seen by some as surprisingly controversial. So we're going to examine why it's happening what it might mean for clients, and what difference it makes, if any, to the kind of design work being produced. I'm Eliza Williams, Creative Reviews Editor, and I'll be your host for this episode. Whereas ever, I am joined by three expert guests. This time, they're Chris Chapman, Creative Director of Design at Adam and Eve DDB Ad Agency in London, Caterina Bianchini, founder of design firm Studio Nari, and Mark Sloan, Head of Mother Design in the US. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi. Hi.
1: Hello.
0: Okay. I think it would be useful to start before we get stuck into the the meat of this conversation, just to establish the lay of the land by finding out what your setup is at your various agencies and studios. As I know design can be very varied in how it's used in the various companies. So Mark, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, How's Mother Design set up?
2: Well, it is, it's a wonderful party uh, over at Mother Design. We, we have a studio of approximately 20 people in the US. Uh, we also have a studio in the UK, similar in size. Uh, but we, we operate out of Mother's offices in New York and Los Angeles. And we share a space with all of Mother's business units. Uh, but we function as an independent, uh, brand-focused design studio.
0: Brilliant. And just a little bit of history, because I think Mother ad agency's been going quite a lot longer. Uh, at what point did Mother Design appear within it?
2: Mother showed up in, I believe, 1996 in the UK. And then uh, about 10 years later, the New York office was founded. And about a year after that, Michael Ian K came on as founder of Mother Design and a partner with Mother in the US. And so... He He's just done an incredible job of establishing design as a core competency within Mother broadly. Yeah, it's all thanks to him for laying the groundwork for for everything that we are today.
0: Okay, we'll no doubt get more into the conversation of of how everything works there as we go on. But Katerina, uh, how's Studio Nari set up?
3: Yes, yeah, so Studio Nari is a small team here based in London. We are a team of 10 at the moment. However, we do flex quite a lot depending on the projects that we have running. So we have um, what we call our extended family. And this is a network of individuals and freelancers who we bring on project dependent, who we kind of feel are suitable to each of the breeds. However, um, currently we're really sort of running quite a tight little unit is our team of 10. We're made up of um, typographers, art directors, motion 3D specialists um, and then I suppose just designers if that's what we would we would call them. But I think in terms of how we sort of approach design and um, the clients that we work with a lot of our design is really um, centered around this idea of bringing a humanist element to the work that we create. So we draw all of our typography bespoke and that allows us to kind of create brands that feel really sort of joyous and playful and connected to the sort of human
0: element or human touch in some way. Very good, great description. And then Chris, over to you. How does it work at Adam and Eve in terms of design?
1: Well, I joined last year from Droga 5 where I had a what would have been a much easier setup to explain than what I now have at Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve has a partners with a company called king henry to deliver their design and there's some designers from king henry that sit in adam and eve but they're not part of the company proper it sort of feels like they are but they're a separate company i'm the only designer in adam and eve and yeah i've just joined to help sort of bolster their design offering
0: okay that that's interesting is that challenging being the only designer it
1: it 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 can be yeah it can be um (laughs) I'm, I'm getting up and running now, but yeah, it is, it is a little bit um, of a challenge. I guess we'll come on to to that later on, but it's also like quite sort of liberating and yeah, it's um, it's a good challenge.
0: Maybe this would be a good way of segueing into more of the kind of depths of this conversation. Why did Adam and he decide to bring in a designer? Was there a specific reason that was prompted?
1: I pitched to them a, an idea about what we'll come on to more, which is like uh that they have more and more conversations about brand design as an agency. It's a, a large advertising agency with lots of clients. And I've definitely been thrown into the thick of lots of those conversations. And yeah, this is like really relevant, this conversation for lots of the sort of internal conversations I've been having with people.
0: I mean, this is certainly something that is not new. Um, but it feels like it's really intensifying, I guess, the amount of uh, design work of all of all kinds that has been coming out of ad agencies cat as somebody who's more on the sort of pure design side um is this something that you've noticed and have found has been discussed in the design world
3: it's not like a super prominent topic in the sense that like when for instance if a new brand identity comes out we're all talking about it and i'm sure all design studios do this you you'll give your sort of like 10 piece critique you know Of that. However, I think what we have noticed is that we used to have sort of really big clients, advertising clients, that we would kind of work with on a retainer basis. And a lot of that work has reduced um, due to them building what they would call like internal creative labs or, you know, design studios, like kind of what Mother have done. Um, And a lot of that work kind of comes internally through. Those sort of incubated pods, if you will, or those like sort of um collection of people that exist within the company, I do think though we still get a lot of projects coming to us from even from those sort of like labs, like say the creative labs, et etc, from a like sort of refinement and really sort of like design eye detailed viewpoint, so they'll kind of say we've kind of got this far, we've created the creative brief we've done these rough scamps. And then we kind of need you to come in and really sort of refine it from a design perspective. So I think that that's probably what we've noticed is more a decline in the sort of three hundred and sixty approach that we used to have with those clients. And now I feel like we kind of come in midway. But I wouldn't say that from our perspective that we've we've kind of noticed that that's completely sort of changed the landscape of of how we work with those particular clients.
0: Uh, Do you feel it's um? causing any frustration within uh the design side of the industry or i mean is this something you're hearing being discussed much not so much
3: i think i think for us maybe because we're so design orientated in in the sense of the the clients that we sort of work with and the news that we keep up with um it's not like a, a major topic of conversation within the studio um However, I do think that there's like still really strong distinguishing factors that like diversify an ad agency design studio. Not not in all cases. I, I'm not even saying this just to um, you know suck up to you, Mark. But I think like with Mother Design, it's it's a bit of a different situation. Um, however, I think like in a lot of the other sort of ad- advertising agencies, it's still kind of like. Their creatives, if you will, which in advertising means a totally different thing to design, I would say, um, kind of creating these briefs and coming up with these scamps. So they still don't have that sort of, you know, and they're, they'll they quite openly kind of put their hands up and say these don't have the sort of design essence
0: applied to them as we would be able to. So, Mark, maybe this is a good moment to, to come to you then. Do you see this being discussed much? And do you do you understand what Kat's saying there about the... Um, maybe differences among different agencies, if you like, that are doing this work.
2: It's a topic that has been in my life for the last 20 years. And I've, I've witnessed a lot of different companies try to approach design coming from a different frame of reference. And it, to what, to what Katarina is saying, there's certainly a need for, let's call it graphic design in advertising as a way to yeah apply a level of finesse and finish and nuance to all the choices being made in any communication that goes out into the world but i i think the the people who are really really succeeding are the ones who are looking at the vast potential of design and and like really investing in that as a practice versus seeing it as a A beautification function. This topic can be as wide or as narrow as as we want. I I feel like I'm I'm just an advocate for placing as many designers as possible in as many places within business as possible, because I feel like the way that they think, in addition to their craft skills, uh, just really improves improves whatever they're working on.
3: I would actually agree with that because I think that graphic designers we're like visual i always say to my team we're visual problem solvers you know so when we're creating brand systems we are almost you know solving a problem from a visual perspective and i almost think like advertising um is more from the sort of perceived perspective or the understanding or the value of the product etc it's almost like telling more of the story from some from sort of words and tonality point of view or like you know physical point of view whereas i feel like design it's more of like that visual um problem solving
1: yeah i also agree i think uh, when in advertising i feel like a lot of the thinking is very verbal so there's strategy and all the way ideas are presented is very verbal and you become really aware of it, that the way you would approach stuff is much more visual when you would solve things in a visual way. And I think it's really rich when you've got both sort of perspectives together rather than just one or the other.
2: The thing that I wanted to mention was that in in advertising environments, of which I've experienced several, there, there seems to be uh, an expectation for creative work to be delivered relatively quickly um and there's a beautiful a beautiful chaos that allows for amazing ideas to spring from anywhere but doesn't always lead to the most enduring solutions because that's not really the the goal the goal is is sort of immediate attention and and mass communication that is relevant to the moment and the desire for shelf life or the ability for something to be expanded upon over years is it's, it's rarely the priority, not saying never, but it's, it's rarely the priority. And I think design is usually, not always, uh, coming from a place of intentional moves that have an enduring quality, things that can provide a baseline for them to take their own shape over time. And I, I feel like that's In my opinion, that's kind of the heart of the conflict in many cases. You just need a bit of time to think through systems. And I I think advertising with that cadence and with with incredible budgets and resources, um, basically reinforcing that cadence, uh, it just can be difficult to integrate.
1: I completely agree with that. I think I've been working in advertising for a long time now and it still always feels like culture clash of like, I would think about things in terms of being a system that's going to allow something to exist into the future and it would be built off what might have come before it. Advertising should exist for that. It's trying to sort of make a dent in its audience's um, consciousness. And yeah, I think with design, they sort of see it as being sort of a skin for an idea or something that's very immediate and kind of practical, not something that's kind of can have concepts or something in it that's going to make it last longer. Um, And I guess that's because they have a very firm idea of what a, what an idea is. And there's kind of so similar, but they're different and it kind of can make kind of having one foot in each camp and trying to balance these two competing ways of, seeing problems quite tricky, but um but I think that's um it's good. It's good to have that kind of duality, I guess, to how you're working, I think is is really helpful.
3: Yeah. I would just say on that, like with um our sort of advertising um clients, or if we're working in particular on something that is way more campaign led, for instance, working on a really big um rebrand and it's mostly campaign led you know in terms of the way in which the system is going to be used and you'll just notice that what we would usually take say three to four weeks to come up with a core brand system for a brand identity in these projects everything is run on sprints so we have to like turn around work within three to four days presentation at the end of that and then it's literally like feedback by their morning and then we're straight back onto again in terms of like this sort of like really quick, fast thinking design. And the thing is, it's interesting because it pushes you, it it encourages you to think quickly to try and sort of, you know, get to the core of an idea or principle, um, you know, in a way that you would never be able to do if you were kind of working on on a brand system. But at the same time, we get really frustrated because we're like, this is almost putting the design second, and they almost need to live together, you know, but I think that there's definitely this idea of them being like almost like it's turned on its head. it's really about just the idea, the quickest way of communicating that in it, in the most like sort of simple format because we're talking to mass um, audiences it's like mass communication, whereas we're always trying to also encourage that element of visual communication or creative visual communication um in the way in which we can like sort of design it, so that is definitely an interesting tension that I think both Mark and Chris have touched upon there. Um, and also just something I can sort of speak of in terms of experience, like recently.
0: No, absolutely. So I wonder how, how do, um, how do you resolve these tensions then? I mean, Mark, maybe you can talk about how that's being done at Mother. Is, is it, um, is part of it having a separation between the design studio and the ad agency so that you, you have your own camp as it were.
2: This might sound slightly cynical um, but I, I think the the money aspect is an important thing to mention here. I think if, if design does not function as an independent business it is always at the whim of something else and money aside it's, it's simply about education and mutual respect I think if mutual respect exists saying that you know if if designers empathize with creatives and what they're going through on the advertising side and if if the advertising side empathizes with designers and and what their frame of reference is and how they work then then it 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 has a it has a strong chance of working out but to be a bit brutal about it um If you separate the businesses, there's a far greater chance of it succeeding because design is it's valued differently, even though that's that's uh, that's changing. I'm I'm happy to see in my lifetime that that the business world seems to be uh, waking up to the potential and to the true value of design. So I imagine in the next decade, maybe they'll be on even footing. But it's a slow process, and I think in this in this interim, you know, you just have to listen to each other and and help each other, and and find find a balance between two very different ways of working, and that's a that's a daily endeavor. It's not something that you can just talk about and then it's solved. It's many conversations and just working through projects together.
1: I completely agree with all of that, and I think part of the reason it's difficult within advertising is that. In advertising, you have internal design departments where design performs a function, which is in this, um, in the traditional model, it's sort of adding a skin or a look to other people's ideas. So there's kind of a, a parallel use of language for like what design is and what design does, which like really complicates things. we have like mixed terms for like, even like simple stuff, like what we mean by brand, for example, there's kind of like parallel words for both industries. And it's like so, so confusing. And like when I say design and like design ideas, I think, yeah, I sort of feel like there's people sort of, I feel like I don't quite understand what I mean, which might be my complicated way of explaining things. But it also, I think, might be just like a, it's a very siloed way of thinking. And I agree with what Mark's saying, but it is sometimes they do need to cross over a bit. And, and I think sometimes we do need to have like yeah be patient with each other and try and communicate about what the different ways of thinking are and and because i think increasingly like with changes in technology there are going to be areas where they need to like overlap more potentially
3: yeah i was just going to say from experience just to add on to that point that i still feel like the advertising cadence always seems to win over the design cadence i don't know why that is maybe because they're bigger beasts um and they can kind of you know boss us around a wee bit more maybe it has got something to do with those those big budgets um i think it's it's something that is coming into the the design conscious if you will the collective conscious within the sector that these two sort of units are working at the same time and there is these sort of parallels and they are sort of coming to this sort of balancing point but I think there is still an imbalance between the two and how they kind of work together and maybe it is just about talking more about it and kind of highlighting these tensions or talking more about how we sort of work those projects and then becoming a topic that isn't so misconstrued or or kind of I don't know, talked about in whispers, you know, it's something that we're bringing into into people's sort of daily conversations. And through that, we can kind of change.
0: We've sort of established quite well, I think, the, the difficulties maybe of combining these worlds. I wonder, in, in, with that in mind, in a way, why, why do agencies do this so much, considering it, it does feel like there is a cultural... Uh, if not a clash at least a sort of tension there is it about money is it about being able to offer clients more services I mean is it it as simple as that or is it something to do with the demands of of the time in terms of what brands need from agencies and studios now I Mark maybe we'll come to you initially for that why do you think this is happening
2: I think every company is probably motivated by slightly different things. I think some have a pure desire to integrate as many creative endeavors as possible because they love the the sum of the parts, and and for others, it's it's probably more of a a business move to be able to increase streams of revenue. We're a bit more we're a bit more idealistic than that, at Mother. I mean, I feel like it creativity is the is the name of the game day in and day out, and it would it would feel odd not to have design as a as a core part of our offering, even if it commands less uh, of a budget than than other things.
0: Yes, it do, it always does, does it? Because you've mentioned the budget a couple of times, so I'm guessing the um the budget for design is always smaller. Is that right?
2: Well, it it does my head in, quite frankly, because I the work that we do. Has effects for you know sometimes decades and and it, it feels like there's there seems to be an imbalance in the value for money um, short term short term gains I and again maybe this is completely off base so I apologize if I'm offending anybody but it feels like CMOS have remarkably short runs at companies so they're looking for really short term gains. Um, and so they they go to the people with the most firepower to deliver those short term gains immediately in market. And I feel like the uh, many companies where people are there for for longer, they seem to be the ones who are investing uh, deeply in design, and and th- those are the ones that we have longer longer terms of engagement with.
0: Indeed, Chris, does your experience chime with with Mark that? design tends to get i mean i'm guessing it does from what you've said but you could maybe talk a bit about droga as well that is a is there a sense that the design budgets are smaller but they still see it as something they want to make clients are looking for this from a full service communications agency now
1: yeah i think um agencies wouldn't do it if they couldn't make money on it um but i don't know if that's always the main driver of it i think just sort of a general depth of creative output. I think agencies appreciate like sort of just almost at an optics level. Um, but like in terms of the money, I I feel like they the budgets are smaller usually. Like um, not always, but usually they are a bit smaller. But I think advertising. so used to having these like really big teams of like loads of people they put on it, and I feel like you can do design projects with relatively less people. Just sort of a tighter team of like specialized team on it so you can still make money on it it's just personally i don't think it's always like it's a necessary like a condition to advertising doing design work but i i feel like often the the motive is just it is more creative it's like people do like a variety of work they like um and i don't know if i might i'm going a bit of a limb here but i i feel like um generally in the advertising world as kind of advertising campaigns have to stretch across so many different touch points that craft has kind of reduced it's just not like the old sort of sweating over a billboard for a long time those you don't have the time that you're used to and I I know there's lots of people who have much more developed opinions of this than I do but like I sort of half wonder if over like even from when I entered the industry that the craft that goes into advertising like sort of like posters, for example, has dropped off and whether it's sort of a conscious or even unconscious sort of desire to boost the sort of visual side of stuff. I feel like often advertising has got a lot more, you know, like verbal, I think, in in the way it, it's kind of put in, like, or discussed internally. And I think sort of skill sets have kind of followed that. And I, I sort of wonder if it is kind of a an urge to sort of rebuild the visual kind of um um stature i guess of ab- what advertising does somehow but that's just like a of the of all the things i could say that's that's just a hunch i have i'm not i can't prove it or not but i that's kind of what i suspect
0: yeah it's interesting because it's such a visual world we're in cat what what are your thoughts on this do you see this these kind of ways coming into the design world as well from clients, is it still quite a different? Like if someone comes to you just for a design project rather than through an ad agency, is it a very different process to what Mark and Chris are talking about?
3: For us, if like I sort of compare the two clients, it is, it is really quite different. And I think the most part is on this sort of, its it's what Mark was talking about earlier and Chris as well, this sort of like cadence and the need to almost like just communicate that this sort of tonal idea um quickly through like some form of visual but it's not the sort of you know because there's just not the time so you can't have that sort of crafted element to it as much as you would do if you're thinking about a brand system i think as well when we're talking about things like brand systems there's a lot that goes into, it. there's a lot of principles, a lot of, you know, flex, this idea of timelessness, how it kind of creates a structure that can exist for a certain amount of time, as well as allowing for the opportunity to build um, in the future. And I think they're just two sort of like different categories of of design, if you will. You know, like if we were working for a campaign, it like a campaign project, sorry, it would be, something that won't necessarily be existing for five years, you know, the shelf life of it is sometimes even like six months and then it might potentially get rerun. Um, so I think in that sense, there's like less pressure from, and it's a design perspective in the sense of having to be like super tight, um, kind of really considering this sort of like future ability of this thing, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's, that's the kind of like main Difference in it, you know. It's like if we're working on a brand project, we we kind of take a lot of time to sort of immerse ourselves. Then we kind of go into our sort of, you know, um, development and research uh, period, where we'll then start to think about things like strategy. Then we start to think about the sort of visual and the creative brief. Then we actually start to design. Whereas with um, any sort of advertising projects, it's literally like straight in with the design. There's not, there's none of that sort of because often you know, we still will do sort of creative strategy or even, you know, kind of apply our creative strategy, which essentially is really more like a creative approach for the campaign. Yeah, it's just different. There's a lot of as well, I'd say like language differences, you know, between the two industries. And that can also sometimes affect the way in which you sort of work. And that actually took us quite a long time to kind of fully understand because ad speak is very different to design speak. And I think like when we're talking about a creative or, you know, a narrative, we're talking about something completely different. And then they were talking about something completely different. But I have a feeling that I have a feeling that we're definitely going, hopefully in more of a positive direction through these sort of ad agencies or these like original ad agencies, building really strong, Craft like with proper crafted like individuals within them design teams. So like even Droga5, for instance, the design output is is really beautiful considering they're an advertising agency. And just again to kind of you know bring up what I said previously, Mother Design within Mother, there's some like really lovely I would say like key people now within that that are that are kind of progressing and kind of establishing that that link or kind of being the cheerleaders for it. Hopefully it just won't get rid of all of us little design studios.
0: <laughs> Hopefully you
3: will still need us.
0: Yes, that's a slight worry, isn't it, I guess? <laughs> Chris, what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. And yeah, that language thing's um, massive. I sort of wanted to say maybe something positive about um, what it can be like in advertising, so I, I don't get fired um, when someone hears this um, podcast. But I, I do think that there, there are all these challenges and it is very really hard to make your way as a designer in advertising because you're, there's not a sort of a structure to sort of support you and pull, your, pull you through your career in the same way as if you're a creative where the agency sort of built around those kind of careers. I think what I would say is if you can find a way to make your work really relevant to people – um you can't there are like loads of opportunities within advertising, and I feel like a good agency the, the questions they ask about design are like the right ones It's like will people care about it like do them as kind of like a layperson does it is it something they're going to get excited about and they don't really care about as as it sounds like you guys are familiar they wouldn't really care about all those kind of details or how you got there or what it can do or craft stuff necessarily unless it's something that makes it kind of relevant to them or they think that a a broader audience is going to think is relevant so you sort of as a designer it's hard but you sort of have to do all that stuff is like um like hygiene like all the craft stuff you sort of have to try and find ways to maybe like what you were saying katarina about the um you'll have a visual approach and try and do your own strategy that's not kind of conflicting with another strategy that's kind of being pushed on you kind of you sort of have to find sort of workarounds um to yeah to be able to make something that's still got um yeah like got like it it works and is good design and is a good branding system but yeah i feel like the benchmark advertising gives you is a good one which is just like do people care and and is it exciting and it's harder to get there but when you do it advertising can be a really good place to make work i think
0: And it's interesting to me, Chris, that you've stayed in advertising, having, you know, been at Droga 5 for quite a while and then going to Adam and Eve. So I'm assuming there's something that you find interesting being a designer in that space.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I, like, enjoy, I mean, I know this happens at lots of um, design places too, but I've enjoyed art direction and working with, like, amazing photographers and and just sort of the scale of things. so yeah, I don't know. It is a bit of an accident, to be completely honest. I, I, but um, yeah, it seems to be going okay. At the, um, or has been going okay so far, anyway?
2: I completely agree with what you were saying, Chris, about there being opportunities. I feel like there are opportunities for designers everywhere, and I agree that a lot of the a lot of the structure that exists within design focused companies it has to be internalized <laughs> on the individual level. Sometimes, um. But I I think there is a beauty to sometimes just working really fast, working instinctually, getting on with it, and and magic results from that. But if that's the if that's the only way to work, and there's there's no structure, it can it can burn people out quite quickly. Also,
3: I totally agree with that. Like it's you know the brain is a muscle, and I almost feel like when we do that sort of sprint way of thinking you know that sprint approach to to design it really does feel like you've almost been like working out your brain for the for the week and um but at the end of it you're like wow you know we did all of this and that's super interesting i also think just like the way advertisers and you know people in advertising think is so different but it's got such value um to what chris was saying you know about really sort of questioning why like what where how um and those are really important questions in you know graphic design as well they're really important questions especially when we're when we're doing um brand system so i think that with that there is parallels it's just almost like we it almost feels like we kind of use different little sections of the brain but in a kind of similar way there's like they're kind of crossing over but the outcomes are are really quite different or the priority of what that outcome might Look and feel like is is quite different. So, um, yeah, I I I, I wouldn't say I'm like
0: me- mega naggy on all the all the advertisers out there. Okay, well, we're going to have to come to an end. I feel like uh, it's clearly not an entirely harmonious world. Um, so maybe with with that in mind, if you were going to say to the CMOS or to the ad people that you feel maybe don't fully get design like if there was one thing you were going to say that would help you do your work better in these scenarios what would it be uh chris i'll come to you first
1: as someone at the foot in, in both camps i would say i'm very aware of how siloed the two different industries are and i think they sometimes aren't aware of how sort of siloed their thinking can be and i think though that everything is changing and i think there will be more need for overlap as a necessity and i think also, like just in terms of how like organizations change, I think it's likely to come from those edge, edge parts of the business. And I think it's good to, it's like, it's healthy, I think, to sort of embrace the awkwardness of these kind of conversations and to try and figure out what people are saying when they say brand, which version of brand do they mean, for example. Um, so, yeah, I would say embrace how awkward it is.
0: Yeah, and that way you, you discuss it more, I guess, right? Kat, what would you like people to think? Maybe more time from what you were saying? I was
3: just about to say my number one thing would be please one more day. Um but I think I think it's you know, to what Chris is saying, we've just learned so much by being super agile and like flexible and going with the flow. And through that, like nurturing and learning and sort of establishing uh, these concepts within our process. So I think potentially there's something around, you know, an education element of kind of just appreciating each other's sort of role in the partnership or in this sort of design world yeah. and being able to kind of work in some sort of flow state with that and kind of,
0: um, yeah, I suppose, accept it. I'm going to give that to Mark now. Uh, what, what would you like to see?
2: I just wanted to take a moment and say, if you, if you take a big step back, all of these differences seem quite arbitrary. And I feel like they're the result of organizations that are not creative service organizations becoming more siloed over time. I feel like people at the highest levels within companies and brands enable your organization to engage a wide range of people and look look for look for people who are smart and passionate and creative, regardless of their specific output. Because I feel like when you when you put those people together, and like to Chris's point, embrace the awkwardness of different skill sets. Um, that's when magic stuff happens like there's there's not one discipline that's going to be able to solve it all um but yeah if you look for polymaths and you look for um the best in class in, in all those areas and, and jam them together then then you're on the right track
0: yeah totally and put more creative people on the board would be my uh my contribution to that because i think that would help all the way down wouldn't it if uh there was a, a deeper understanding all the way through Uh, okay, I'm going to end on on my own note uh, there. But um, I think there's so much here in this topic. And I feel like we've really only scratched the surface. And also, it's just changing so rapidly. Um, It'd be so interesting in 10 years time to see where this is and where design is in the wider world generally, I think. But for now, we will stop. And I will say my thanks to To Chris, to uh, Katerina, and to Mark for all your insights. I think it's really interesting. I'm sure it's going to get lots of people thinking. Um, To everyone listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, please share and like this series. It really does help. Uh, And join us next time. Thanks very much.